All right, welcome to the podcast. We have a great clip of, of a New Jersey police officer who decides to enforce a, a an executive order to keep a gym closed in a great way. You're going to love that clip. Pat Gray joins us. We have new news on Ilan Omar that breaks today. James Rollins, the author, is on with us about his latest book, uh, Central uh, California Mayor. Declares itself an, a sanctuary city. We talked to that mayor and... The artist who's been putting uh, pictures all across California, um, skewering liberals, uh, not really appreciated by the people of Southern California, uh, Sabo, he joins us as well. You can join blazetv.com at blazetv.com slash Glenn. Use the promo code Glenn and save 10 bucks. Also, make sure to subscribe to this podcast and rate and review it. Use five stars. I mean, that's, the, that's just the polite thing to do. Also, you can subscribe to Stu Does America on this podcast platform as well. And watch every show on YouTube. Just go to youtube.com and search for Stu. I'll be the first one there. Here's the podcast. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. Welcome to the uh, program. Uh, I want to give you a little bit here of Spooky Dude. Pat is joining us now from Pat Gray Unleashed, the podcast that you can get wherever podcasts are heard, and you can hear him uh, live uh, prior to this program only on Blaze Radio Network. Um, so uh, I want to bring you in, Pat, as we're talking about George Soros. There was a new interview uh, where George Soros was talking to The Independent, uh, which is in uh, London, and I just I just want you to hear this. We've been talking about the degrowth movement that is happening and the plans from the left to use the coronavirus to measure how we react, how much they can get away with uh, and then try to shape all of our governmental responses to be able to create the society and the the governmental structure that they would need to be able to bring in all of their climate change nonsense. So George Soros says, uh, you've seen many crises before. This is according to the interview. You've seen a lot of crisis before. Um, is the Corona-19 pandemic comparable to any previous one? Now, remember, George Soros, the, the, the big crisis in his life would be what, Pat? What, just off the top of your head. You mm, let's see. The Holocaust? Yeah, his family mm-hmm. was hunted uh, mm-hmm. by the Nazis, and he had to go live under a fake name with another family i mean you want to talk about crisis he says no this is the crisis of my lifetime uh, not even before even before the pandemic hit i realized we were in revolutionary moment where what would be impossible or even inconceivable in normal times had become not only possible but probably absolutely necessary when the corona uh, COVID-19 uh, disrupted people's lives and required very different behavior, it was an unprecedented event that probably has never occurred in this combination. <laughs> and it endangers the survival of our civilization. Then he goes on to say, we have never seen anything quite like this pandemic. He says, we're not going to go back. We won't go back to where we were when pandemic started. That is certain. But that is the only thing that is certain. Everything else is up for grabs. Everything else is up for grabs. I don't think anyone knows how capitalism will evolve. At the present time, people are dominated by fear, and fear often makes people hurt themselves. That is true of individuals as well as institutions, nations, and humanity itself. 
The continuing conflict between the U.S. and China complicates matters. We ought to work together on climate change and developing a vaccine against COVID-19. So now you know his priorities in this are working on climate change and a vaccine. This is why people are now like, we're not bending the curve. We can't go back until we have a vaccine because they need this time to work on climate change. He says, the fact is, uh, we are uh, not working together because we're competing over who will develop and use the vaccine. The fact that we have two very distant, different systems of government, uh, democratic and uh, and this <laughs> imagine he can't come up with the right word for communist. So the interviewer says uh, autocratic. Yes, that makes things much harder. Um, he then says that, you know, um, uh, President uh, Z, when he abolished term limits and named himself president for life, he destroyed the political future of uh, of one of the most important and ambitious men. Uh, and uh, he was in a very narrow and competitive elite group and he destroyed himself. Now, President Trump would like to be a dictator, but he cannot be one because there's a constitution in the United States that the people still respect. And we have to prevent him from doing certain things. That doesn't mean he won't try because he's literally fighting for his life. Wait a minute. He just makes the state. Yeah. Made a statement of some sort there as we lost Glenn here from the feet. Wow. During yeah. a George Soros yeah. discussion. Well, we've been saying forever. Say he's, he's a been, dictator uh, when I, he's doing absolutely everything in the opposite. Mm. Well, you, you apparently George Soros hacked into your feed there, there, so we lost you for about 30 seconds, Glenn. Yeah. Um, but uh, we, we, we expected this from a long time Are we ago. There? Are you there? Yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. You can, we can maybe bring Glenn down here for a second as we're, we're, we we tend to be losing him for a moment, see if we can get that connected. It is interesting to see, uh, you know, here's a guy who is uh, wildly, uh, you know, irresponsible with the way he's acted over a very long period of time. And, you know, this is mm-hmm. the, the fear, I think, of a lot of people who occasionally jump to maybe even the improper uh, conclusions about, you know, every little move that happens in government. When you see that there are people like this who look at these things as a, uh, something to take advantage of, you have to be able to be skeptical. And, you know, it, it, it leads to people Hello, jumping even dude. further down that road sometimes spooky dude yes exactly glenn spooky dude is back. Mm-hmm. all right so where did you you lose me where where did you lose me where where i was talking about what he said about donald trump yes yes right in there mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okay so he said that donald trump would like to be dictator but he cannot be one because there's a constitution in the united states and people still respect it and it will prevent him from doing certain things that does not mean he won't try because he's fighting for his life yeah, let me let me just say this. It is is incredible to me that the media and the left have accused Donald Trump of being a dictator over and over and over again. They encouraged him to make this a federal thing. And everybody says because they want that power. Absolutely true. But also because they wanted to paint him as a dictator. Look, because he didn't do it. The Democrats are the ones who are doing it. Now, there are two exceptions to that. One of them is in Maryland uh, that's a Republican. But for the most part, all of these actions are being taken by Democrats who want the autocratic rule. Donald Trump is doing the exact opposite of the, the dictator dance. 
So George Soros says, I have proposed the EU should uh, issue perpetual bonds. He's got all kinds of things that are going uh, going on. He says, listen, I'm not pessimistic at all. Far from it. I recognize Europe is facing several dangers uh, and not a figure of speech. That is reality. Uh, he goes on to talk about all of the different things that are happening, but this is not normal time. It's actually an ideal time right now to be able to change the world and to be able to have an open society. I warn you that these people are doing things. All of this stuff about the second second stimulus package, they've had time to catch their breath. When Donald Trump did it, it was let's go. Let's put people to work let's give people money it was flawed because we rushed to it we don't have to rush anymore do not allow panic to play a role do not allow fear to play a role they're counting on your fear uh and it's really it's sick on what's going on but if we don't stand now we may not have any liberty uh left let me switch topics pat can you please explain what the hell the problem is with Donald Trump taking hydro- hydroxychloroquine? Uh, I don't think there is a problem. And, uh, you know, here's a guy who believes in it. And we know he believes in it because he's talked about it multiple times. So he's kind of putting his money where his mouth is. And he's right. taking it, doing exactly what he said would, would, would help people from the beginning. And if, and if he's taking hydroxychloroquine, you can take just that by itself Mm -hmm. and it's fine it's a drug that has been around forever there's no heart palpitations or anything else it's just if you're taking it just that drug if you mix it with a z-pack it becomes dangerous and you should be monitored with your heart he's taking it with zinc which is not as dangerous but there are doctors at Mm -hmm. the white house all the time if if there was a magic potion and everybody was like this is ridiculous it's uh, they're saying it's a magic potion, but you had seen some people take that magic potion and it helped them. If it's the president of the United States and there's no downside for him taking it, it's a magic potion that has been in use for another magical disease for a long time. I think everyone would say the president should take that as a prophylactic drug because there's no harm mm-hmm. in taking it. Why is this such a big deal? The president should be kept safe. And they're saying Nancy Pelosi, for the gall of that woman to come out and say he's morbidly obese is just mm. it's just, it's so childish what's going on. Yeah, it's it, it's ugly. And I, I, I think it's an amazing I think it's an amazing testament to to what he's been saying all along, although I didn't know about hydro, hydroxychloroquine that it was preventative. That you could prevent getting. They think it might. They think it might be. There's, these are all just, you know, nothing has been scientifically proven. But hydroxychloroquine is, by itself, is not a dangerous drug. It is, it's, it's like Prozac. It's been out forever. Yes, mm-hmm. there are some people that take it in it, but it's been out forever and ever and ever. Or lithium. It's been out forever. And people can take it without real side effects. Yeah, that's what so I say about if, heroin all the time. It's been out forever. You know, people know the effects <laughs> no, of it. They understand how it no, works. That's why I take it every day, three <laughs> times a day. Every, well, four but let times me, a morning. You know what? Let me use that. Let me use that. 
if let's say this pain, let's say this thing only caused debilitating pain and there was a way that um, uh, uh, what is the uh, 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 oxycodone, if oxycodone had a way to get you so you weren't in pain and it wouldn't allow you to develop this disease that would cause debilitating pain as long even with the side effects of that as long as the president were taking it with a doctor who's practically living at the white house right now they are checking him and everyone around him all the time if that worked i would say the president should be taking oxycodone not enough to impair his vision but if it was a preventative thing and the doctors were there the whole time take it mr president it might Mm -hmm. work yeah and especially the president i would be saying this about barack obama as well he should be taking anything that we know is relatively safe that might keep him out of trouble especially when his valet has the virus and so does so do people close to to mike pence so Obviously, they've been around people. They've been subjected to the disease. If this, if this can maybe keep them from getting it, go yeah, for it. Yeah, and 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 frankly, like if you are on heroin, you're not going to even notice COVID nineteen. Like it's if, probably it, true. I, I don't exactly know if it cures right. you, but you exactly. don't even, you might get it, it, but you won't care. Amen. Right. Thank you. You won't care. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, by the way, did you see that President uh, or Vice President Biden came out with a uh, nickname? Oh, he's he's so good. He is so good. He came out with a nickname for Donald Trump, and he said he's really been resisting giving President Trump a nickname, but he's changed his mind. <laughs> and he, he said, "Listen, he, this is this is him saying. Listen, Why have they so failed funny. to get this money out to the folks who desperately needed to stay afloat? Is it incompetence?" <laughs> yeah corruption trump was out there what tweeting again this morning i called him president tweety he calls him president <laughs> stop stop president tweety like tweety bird <laughs> except funny. he's he's because he's tweeting <laughs> oh man oh boy uh, and then and then also and then, close your window so we don't hear the geese behind you the whole time yeah uh, and then uh, <laughs> the geese are really nasty animals. I yes, think he are. uses those as Gestapo uh, <laughs> myself. Anyway, uh, Biden then said in an interview, Trump is a master at laying nicknames on people. I can hardly wait to get on stage with Donald Trump. Oh, man, he's going to be so good with things like President Tweety. Oh, <laughs> he's going to slay him. <laughs> what a ridiculous All right. Thanks, Pat. You can listen to Pat Gray Unleashed wherever you find your podcasts. Pat Gray Unleashed. Available now. All right. Here's how my conversation with Tanya went the other night. And uh, maybe you'll be able to relate. I said, Tanya, have you ever heard of Built Bars? (laughs) My nutritionist says uh, they're really, really delicious. They're really good. And then she said, Built Bars? You mean the ones that are in our refrigerator I've been telling you about forever? And I said, no, you've been talking about a protein bar. Yes! Bill Bar! And I'm like, no, but this tastes like a candy bar. That's what I said. But you eat all that crap. And so you always think things taste good. I eat stuff with actual good things in them like butter and sugar. (sighs) Was her response. Well... (laughs) You wouldn't believe what I have to deal with just to be able to get my sweet tooth satisfied and to be healthy. Built Bar. You should try them. Just don't tell my wife. 
BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code Beck. You get $10 off your first order. It's a huge deal. Promo code Beck, $10 off BuiltBar.com. David Steinberg uh, was the New York City editor for PJ Media for a long time. Homeland Security, Israel, political corruption. Uh, he really came to light with Eric Cantor uh, in the primary campaign. He's really responsible for Dave Bratt in office. Uh, and we welcome him to the program. He's been working quite a while on Elon Omar. And uh, hopefully uh, we're going to see some some action on this. You have something that you wrote to me and is now being published on theblaze.com. Uh, a story about what has happened here just because of the coronavirus. Can you take me through this? Glenn, yes. Thanks for having me on here. What I've been discussing since... Um, since 2018 is that the political correctness of, of avoiding to cover this woman because it was in somehow uh, detrimental to her Somali immigrant community. There was a very heavily Somali immigrant community in her district uh, that, that they were avoiding. You, you understand how this goes. They don't want to criticize yeah. her because of her identity, because uh, that could be detrimental to her community. The problem that's all a lie, but go ahead. <laughs> right. Since, since 2016 mm. is that the people suffering under Rep. Omar are her community members, her, these Somali immigrants, many of them elderly who don't speak English all that well, who have been mm-hmm. living under her thumb, terrorized, bullied by her. I've reported several times about threatening behavior, about threats to family members and relatives back home in Somalia. The people suffering under Rep. Omar are the Somali immigrant population of her district. Now, now wait a minute. Hang on just a second. How can you possibly say that, David? There's a tweet from her, and I'm going to quote, As Minnesotans struggle with hunger, I'm partnering with MN Food Share, Minnesota Food Share, and other local groups that pack and deliver meals to students and families. Chip in $5 today to power their efforts and keep our communities fed. And then she even has a link that sends you to secure.actblue.com so you can donate. Yes, it's a problem. So she She's helping that, her community. We reached that on May 5th. Mm-hmm. And Minnesota Food Share was a, a charity uh, meals program that very quickly got together... Uh, this uh, this prominent imam in the area, he had a 501c3 organization. He partnered with Minnesota Food Share, which was part of this 115-year-old church charity called GMCC. And they said, we have a lot of people in this community who are seniors or disabled. And because we are now under a lockdown order, which started March 25th, they are in immediate risk of hunger. If they can't get out of the house, and get to these local Somali restaurants or to wherever they had been uh, getting. And that's why Elon Omar partnered with them. And she sent them to actblue.com to be able to make a secure donation. Yes. Yeah, so on May 5th, she tweets that. Hours later mm-hmm. that evening, the executive director of GMCC, which runs Minnesota Food Share, this this story charity it's been there again 115 years uh-huh. she tweets ilhan omar had nothing to do with this project i do not know where this money is going to i do so, it's going to actblue.com so what yes it i goes mean to act what's act what's act which blue? was 
It was simply a donation to Ilhan Omar's campaign. So uh, that was on May 5th. Now, on May 8th, uh, I noticed it. Well, Ilhan Omar, sometime after, uh, her her link, this fraudulent link was up for, it seems, uh, between one to three days. On May 8th, uh, I noticed it had been deleted. All I did was simply tweet that Ilhan has posted this, and this is what the charity director posted, and Ilhan's tweet has now been deleted. And I started to dig a little deeper into this to see if anyone could go on record and explain what had happened. Uh, What had happened is Ilhan literally shook down a charity that was feeding her voters, uh, the Somali immigrants in her district. Ilhan had shook down a charity the day before. And you're not going to believe this story, but the, the imam, his name is Imam Tawakal Ismail. And he's very prominent in that community. So for six weeks, uh, since right after the stay-at-home order was issued, he has been... He has been uh, raising money to feed this community. Ilhan Omar shows up and wants to film a little campaign promo for herself in front of the restaurant while while he is feeding uh, these seniors. And she wants to discuss how, you know, her meals act, uh, that, that rider she had uh, put into the coronavirus bill, it, it was helping to feed these people and how she was also helping to partner with Minnesota Food Share, he tells her to get lost. He says, no, we've been doing this for six weeks. You've had nothing to do with this. We want absolutely no, uh, no, no partnerships with any political campaign or anybody uh, who is currently elected. This is pure charity work. We are feeding the homeless. You are not to use that camera around here. And it also Good said that in his contract that he had signed with the restaurant. So uh, <laughs> he actually went on record. He, he said that to Ilhan's uh, campaign, one of her uh, key campaign staffers who's been with her since 2016. His name is Ali Issy, and uh, he uses the, uh, the, the nickname Ali Ghani. So I asked him specifically, I said, did Ilhan know, did she get the message from him that she was not supposed to be filming there and that she was to have nothing to do with your program? He says, yes, they tried to film it without my knowledge. I walked in on them. We had an argument. I expressly told them not to. I gave the same instructions to the restaurant owner. And then he says, this is, this is the quote. Ali Ghani defied my instructions. He said anything that happens in this district comes under Ilhan Omar, regardless of who's doing it. They literally tried to bully this wow. man into letting her film this promo. Now, after that fight, uh, <laughs> that was on May 3rd. Two days later, she tweets this, this false uh, this false tweet that she is partnering with Minnesota Food Share and donate five dollars. It'll help keep our communities fed. There was no discussion. Okay. It, it appears that. Oh, go ahead. Uh, well, it appears as though she just hijacked it again now, but on Twitter. But I want to I want to ask you one thing. It's 
it is disgusting what she did there trying to take credit for something that she had nothing to do with that's disgusting but not not illegal um with the with the with the tweet any politician can endorse anybody whether they like it or not anyone can endorse anybody the question is the was there a website where you could donate from this charity that she could have used to retweet um, and why did she use the act blue, which is the way she raises funds? And do we have proof that that money was used in any other way other than the charity? So after I reported this on May 8th, uh, the, the charity that had originally said she has nothing to do with it on May 9th, um, there was some pressure, apparently, from Omar's campaign. And obviously, this is a charity that simply does not want any friction. So on May yeah. 9th, they tweet, we have now confirmed that the funds Ilhan solicited on our behalf earlier this week will go to Minnesota Food Share to donate to our efforts. And then she gives the proper link to Minnesota Food Share. Oh. So she had said, we have now confirmed. There was no prior agreement that Ilhan, the money Omar was collecting was going to go to anybody besides Omar. Now, here's now, the here's the real problem. Here, here's the real problem here. If I were raising money and I said to you, just write the check out to me and I'll deliver it to Mercury One, there would be all mm -hmm. kinds of people that would go, wait a minute, What? And I would have to no one in my in my world would say that's a good idea. I wouldn't say it either. It's a bad idea just because the appearance of impropriety, let alone the the ease of actual mm -hmm. taking money and shifting dollars. Um, but there is the link and it's a secure link. GMCC dot org where you can donate. Any idea well, why she ran it through this? Through Act Blue instead of through her campaign instead of GMCC. Well, look, there were two principles. There were there were four organizations that were partnering to run this charity. We now two of them are chaired by this imam. He had two charity organizations. The other one was GMCC, and this charity food program is a part of GMCC and has been for decades. So. We have the two principals, the executive director of GMCC and the imam both say she had nothing to do with this. And he, in particular, says she's doing this out of spite because she wanted to film and she wanted this little promo with the seniors and Somalis who, who are in her community and forgotten people. She wanted this promo of, of these people being fed by her, essentially. So he's saying she did this out of spite. And that link that went up, there was no arrangement. Again, uh, Gwen, as you said, soliciting a charitable contribution under false pretenses is a crime for anybody in this country, let alone a, a political campaign doing it. Who knows, who knows how many uh, 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 in, infractions are, are involved there? But yes, you recall this happened uh, a couple years ago. There was a large case where somebody raised a lot of money for a homeless man who got gas mm -hmm. for a woman on the side of the street. Uh, right. They they uh, are now serving a lengthy jail sentence. 
you cannot solicit charitable contributions under false pretenses. And so, if David, is exhibit A of someone doing that? I don't know what is. So I ask you this, and I'm up against the network, so I've I've got to take a break. But I ask you this at the end of all of your your exposés: any interest at all from the police on this, FBI, anybody? On this one in particular, uh, well, I wanted to publish it first on the Blaze, get some attention here, and we'll see if we can actually get something done. Okay. I don't know. I do Good. know that Steve Treskowski, uh is involved, and he is the one who last year started the investigation that got her uh, caught on six campaign finance infractions. And I do know that he's on okay. it. All right. Um, good work, David. Thank you for bringing this to us. Uh, the uh, I think it's, it's not up yet, but it's going to be published uh, by The Blaze here uh, very soon. I urge you to read it and um, and ask, you know, send to the uh, Justice Department, FBI. Why? Why is this not being investigated? There is a long, long list of wrongdoings. Is anything going to be done? Thank you so much. David Steinberg, journalist, uh, who now has a uh, story that is being published on Blaze.com. The Blaze.com. The best of the Glenn Beck program. Andrew Breitbart was absolutely right when he said that uh, culture leads everything. Uh, and Sabo is an artist. He is, I mean, I guess the closest you can come to him is Banksy, who's a famous, you know, famous graffiti artist. But I think Sabo's stuff is is much more daring. And he's the only one that's conservative uh, that I know of. Uh, and uh, I want to start this interview with Sabo because he's he's done some amazing things here recently. But let me start with this. Uh, Sabo, how are you, man? I'm great, man. Thanks for having me back on. You bet. I I uh, saw you. I don't remember what where it was, but you had a, a place set up, uh, and you were selling some stuff. And I was going to buy the Hillary 2016 uh, the uh, stencil, which is great. <laughs> yeah. And I didn't get a chance to come back. Do you still have one? Because I'd like to buy one from you. Uh, yes, I do. It's actually at unsavoryagents.com, but that one's still sitting here waiting for you. Okay, good. I will uh, I will take it. Uh, so I'll go to the uh, unsavoryagents.com and buy it online? <laughs> you could. Uh, e- email me, uh, and uh, we'll wrap that thing up. All right, good. Well, um, so, Sabo, you are, you are one of the bravest guys that I know of. I don't know how you get away with this. I don't know how you do it. But people in California are very aware of your artwork because you are, you'll, you'll get up in the morning, you'll be driving along, and here's a brand new billboard that has been changed overnight, and it's your work. How much... How, how, What's harder, coming up with the ideas, doing the work, or figuring out a way to put it up without getting caught? Uh, coming up with the ideas, it's like uh, you'll get to the point to where you're up on a billboard and you'll see police cruisers drive by and you're wondering, how the hell am I getting arrested? And uh, <laughs> just, just luck, man. Uh, fear almost goes out the window when you're, when you're doing that kind of work. But uh, I don't know. It's all just a... Uh, getting it up there, you just get a crew together and uh, have a few beers, and more times than not, it's it's more That's fun so than great. anything else. It's so great. Um, I wanted to get you on because I saw the latest with Newsom 
can you talk a little bit about the latest artwork that you've been putting up? Uh, you've you've been very busy during the coronavirus thing, but your gruesome newsome thing is just fantastic. You want to explain it for people yeah. on the radio who can't see it? <laughs> sure. I, I saw this image of Newsom, and it's, he looked like a great white shark. It's just he had uh, he had the perfect face, the perfect skin, teeth, hair. He, the man is nothing but a veneer. And and when I saw that photo of him, I thought that looks just like a mask that a, a snake would use to trick somebody. And uh, so I made him look like a, a reptilian with a noose mask. And, yes, uh, and it, yes. you know, it almost <laughs> made itself. How long do these things last before they're taken down? They don't last very long at all. That's why it's important for them to go viral and have people like you talk about them. Because I yeah. can't rely on them being on the street. Yeah. Um, and California Psycho. Tell me about that one. Well, uh, Dundee looked like uh, Christian Bale. And I hate he, complimenting yes. him like that. But uh, yeah, he the does. guy's Psycho. Yeah, yeah. He looked, I mean, uh, you cannot trust a man that spends more time in front of a mirror than a woman. <laughs> so you have... you've. You've put him into uh, the movie poster American Psycho uh, with blood all over his uh, blood all over his face, just like Christian Bale. Um, it must drive the Hollywood elite nuts because you you hijack the culture that they have so uh, painstakingly crafted and you use their own images against them. Uh, yeah, you know, and I can't believe how thin-skinned some of these people are. They'll actually, like, like uh, I had Jimmy Kimmel actually sit by one of my pieces and flip me off. It's like, for God's sakes, man, there's a brink truck, Brinks truck that drops millions of dollars every week at your house, and you're worried about me? It's like, get a grip, man. Uh, you know, make fun of yourself. And the thought of yeah. Newsom, the thought of him taking the beaches away from Californians right before summer, you can't make that up. I have to tell you, the the other one that I saw were the beaches, and I want you to explain the beaches, but let me just uh, take it here because it goes to the beach. You've done several of these. You've done, I'm, I'm in Texas, and you have taken the come and take it flag, and you have replaced it with a skateboard in one of the craziest stories I have ever heard. That's not a public park. That's a privately owned park. And the city came in and just dumped truckloads of sand so nobody could be using their skateboard yeah you know uh, and you would think skateboarders are the biggest hell raisers on the planet if i was a skateboarder if i used that park i would go with a five gallon five gallon bucket and just take a hundred skateboarders with those buckets and just dump it in front of garcetti's house here in la but they're not going to do that they're too busy complying and then you also took the same flag, the black and white Texas come and take it flag, and you added surfboard, a surfboard instead of, an, uh, instead of a gun. Yes, and I also made one with a uh, fly rod as well, a fishing rod. I, I can't believe they're letting people like, uh, they you're not allowed to fish with more than two people, if you're even allowed to. But you could drive in your car with six people, but only two people can be on the boat. I mean, uh, here in Los Angeles, Garcetti said, you can go to the beach, but you have to stand on the wet sand. You can't be on the dry sand. Where do they come up with these things? I have no idea. I have no idea. 
So is your, let me give one more thing that you've done on the COVID-19, a great invasion of the snitchers, which is like invasion of the body snatchers, uh, save yeah. a life, call and reward. Um, the, uh, it, are, are these, do you think these are resonating with people who are not necessarily fans of you from the past, but they're now starting to hit people? I mean, is it changing things at all, do you think? Uh, all I can say is there, there are a lot of Democrats in California that are sick of it. And, uh, and I'm getting tired of Republicans saying, oh, I'm leaving California and moving to Texas. It's like, wh- why don't you stay and fight? You know, it, it's like, because uh, right now I believe California is poised to be taken over. Uh, we have a chance here in California. We just need to know how to play our cards because there's a lot of Democrats here that are just fed up. I will tell you, Sable, I've talked to uh, several people who are who are Democrats, um, but have seen how far the Democratic Party has gone. And this is even before coronavirus and have told me that they are um, they are in a, you know, a secret uh you know, uh, a chat with five different people that are in the same kind of category. And and they're all saying that they're not going to vote for the Democratic nominee because it's gotten as bad as Donald Trump is, they'll say. What they are planning on doing on the Democratic side is the destruction of the capitalist system. And they're all saying we'll all be out of business. This is going to be horrendous for for everyone. And we're not going to tell people that work for us, but we're all voting in another way. I, I, well, I found know, it astounding. Yeah. Well, you know, we heard about the Green New Deal from AOC a while back, a few months back, and we figured there's absolutely no way you can implement something like that. I mean, doesn't this smack of the Green New Deal? It's like capitalism's being just destroyed. It is. It is. I just did a... Uh, I just did a... Uh, I did an hour um, just this morning. The first hour of this broadcast was about that. This this new push for the Green New Deal and how deep it goes into, you know, with Soros and everybody else and how they are really looking at America and saying, let's see how far we can push them. And uh, this is our chance to completely redesign the world. And personally, uh, I think it's a great chance for those who like freedom and the Constitution to do the same to actually strengthen the Constitution and our given rights and and look at things like state-run liquor licenses. Why does the state have to do that? Why why does the state regulate all hair salons? Um, You know, we just talked to a mayor of California in Atwater who just said, we're out. But he can't protect those who have a state license. And the the license boards in the state are saying, we're going to put you out of business. We'll revoke your license if you even open up against... Uh, against Gavin Newsom's orders. Academia is trying to make it to where an artist needs a license to do graphic design. And that's just another way of them silencing us. Where, where did yeah. you hear that story? I've not heard that. Where is that? I, 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 I read that years ago. I mean, they, they've been planning this forever. And, and if they can find a way to make it, well, their justification is if someone's going to drop thousands of dollars into a logo or branding well then that person should be certified and uh shut and, and up of you have to, 
I'm serious, dude. I, I got like a chill in my blood when I heard that because I know these schools, you have to be a full on leftist to make it through an art school to get that degree. And, uh, and a guy like me simply wouldn't, wouldn't get the credentials. I, I feel bad no. for that poor old man that just wants to cut hair. I mean, why do you need a license to cut hair? I, I will tell you this, Sable. I don't know if you have ever talked to anybody at the National Archives or the Smithsonian, but I can guarantee you that your art is being saved uh, by the Smithsonian uh, because it will play a role. Uh, it is playing a role in our story, our national story, and someday you will be recognized as as who you really are, a really, truly great artist. Um, do you have any museums or galleries or anybody is anybody take you on and and said no this this is this is real art that needs to be showcased only recently has that started to pick up a little bit uh, I, I think i think even the art people in the art world are starting to figure it out because i'm flying pieces off to london canada new york all over the place texas and uh, i think it's just now picking up and you can see my work at unsavoryagents.com forgive the plug but it's like, uh, no, no. Know, uh, people, yeah, people going to that site and supporting what I do. I mean, I'd love to put a thousand of those gruesome Newsome posters out. But I mean, that's going to run about a grand, two thousand dollars. And any help would definitely help. It'll cost you a thousand bucks to put those posters out. And so every T-shirt you yeah. sell, it allows you to do some more some more work. If you will. Yeah, pretty much. The money all goes back out in the street. Yeah. That's great. Um, listen, I, I want to encourage Sable. Thank you so much for what you do. Thank you for your bravery. Thanks for the artistic uh, commentary and quite frankly, the laughs. Um, but uh, I want to encourage the audience, the left, they have a whole system that supports these artists that, you know, uh, what do you call that? It's blue. Yeah, because it's a big canvas that's just blue. I got it. Um, and they'll they'll make sure that that artist is taken care of and that artist, uh, you know, has a great career and it'll hang in some of the greatest houses in America and to be in some of the greatest museums, whatever. Fine. If you find that, you know, to be valuable, great. But they take care of the left. No one is taking care of the artists on the right. And we really need to support our artists, especially those who are brave enough to stand up and speak out like Sabo is. I urge you to go to unsavoryagents.com, buy a T-shirt. You could get the, the, the come and take it uh, sign with the fishing or whatever uh, for like five bucks. The T-shirts are 25 bucks. Please go and support Sabo. Because uh, I would love to see that he had a lot more than a thousand dollars to go <laughs> to put some more of these uh, gruesome uh, Newsome posters up because they're hysterical, hysterical. And Thank you, uh, Sable, Thanks. I, uh, you bet. I'll be in touch this afternoon, and uh, I want to get one of the Hillary sixteen because I think they are brilliant and something that should be that will be valuable down the road once we get past all of this insanity of political correctness. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me on. You bet. Uh, Sabo, you can follow him on Instagram, Sabo Art. He has been uh, deplatformed. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, PayPal. The only way you really can see him is unsavoryagents.com, unsavoryagents.com. But make sure you support him if you can.